So we are barely halfway through the first month of the year, and I already feel like I'm losing my mind. Honestly, I could just rant endlessly about the whole gas stove insanity that is currently sweeping conservative social media, but I think that would be better, better suited for the next episode of Weekly Weird News, since News Dump typically focuses more on the media in general. Have no fear, though. We are filled to the brim with absurdity this week, and in keeping with the recent theme of history repeating itself, we regret to inform you that Tucker Carlson is very, very upset about the formerly sexy candy-coated chocolate treats known as M&Ms. I, I cannot believe, with all the episodes that we've done so far this year, that it continues. History is just, it's time is a flat circle. And when there's so many more things to be mad about. Yes. Joe Biden's just leaking documents everywhere. Documents yeah, yeah. Like, we reported that on a, a previous video. You don't need to talk radio. about every time M&M's adds uh, a new marketing Actually, I, he Arsenal. did. Tucker Carlson did mention it, but he apparently seems to think that it's being planted by the Democrats to get Joe to not run for president in 2024. Tucker, you're giving the Democrats too much credit. Uh, yeah, I think so. Anyway, you will all, of course, remember, uh, I believe it was nearly exactly a year ago. Yeah, I, uh, uh, or two years. Like Time's no, a vortex now. I think it was one year ago. Okay. When Tucker Carlson railed against the uh, changes that were made to the anthropomorphic mascots of the brand, which in included the, the shortening of the heels on one of those candies and the removal of knee-high boots from another one of those He just couldn't candies. get off anymore. The M&Ms, they've gone woke. And they're... Uh, Completely unattractive to yeah. uh, very old white men. Can't even get can't even get a half chub mm -hmm. to any of these M and M's anymore. I remember the, the, gr hell? the green M and M used to make everyone horny, and then they yeah. took the heels away. Now I'm green with anger. <laughs> Carlson's very normal take on these slight alterations to the M and M's was to fabricate a bunch of ulterior motives as to why such a change would happen, and also claim that M and M's parent company was desperately trying to make the candy less sexy or too woke and that M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Actual quote. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. Actual quote. He also mentioned that the orange M&M's uh, mental health issues might stem from the fact that he doesn't like the lady M&M's new shoe choices, which, I don't know, seems like a projection about his own potential issues at home. Yeah. I can't imagine thinking putting this much thought into, into the made-up lives of candy as an adult person existing in the world. Regardless, Carlson was rightly lampooned for this ridiculous take, even becoming the target of a now-famous meme by Twitter user Juniper, which showed Tucker visibly upset about a doctored image of a Snickers bar with its famous dick vein removed. The smooth Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> now, the company Snickers even responded to this claim, insisting they would never remove such an important throbbing feature. Yeah, you need that. Well, faux outrage and culture war bullshit is apparently back on the menu because Tucker Carlson has once again set his sights on sexy candy and the fictional lives they lead. And honestly, he didn't even get that part correct because the image that he's referring to when he claims that two of the M&Ms are lesbians now is actually a few years old. Though he does inaccurately praise the candy for giving them their sexy, slutty boots back. Uh, again, old image has nothing to do with anything right now. Get your M&Ms lore straight, Tucker. Exactly, there's an M&Ms sexy timeline that he should be following. Come on, I thought you were an expert on this. Uh -huh. So the recent story that has unfortunately pissed off a very specific group of weirdos has to do with a new marketing campaign that supports women, 
by flipping the status quo. Folks, they're literally just doing an all-female bag of candy and calling it W&W &W instead of M&M. That's it. That's all. Who cares? I can't imagine giving a single shit about this. Yeah. Either way. You wouldn't even have noticed it if someone didn't point it out. It's like uh, there was a big outrage, faux outrage this week about uh, uh, the Joker getting pregnant. And that's from an issue of a comic that's like a month old anyways. And it's yeah. a complete side story. And also, it's a fucking comic book. Yeah. You're growing up. You don't need to care about comic books anymore. Uh, anyways, the M&M &M thing. Back to yeah. the M&M. &M, or the W&W. So, &W, sorry. Um, yeah, no one cares. I don't think women care, but Tucker cares. Yeah. These are anthropomorphic candies. You can't have sex with them, Tucker. We're sorry. Mm -hmm. And if you could, I don't know how that would work. I don't want to think about it too hard, but that is a smooth shell. It seems to uh, well, go all the way around. Tucker wants to believe he is the one that puts the nut in those M&Ms. Uh, so it wasn't just Tucker Carlson who dove headfirst into this insane non-issue because elsewhere on the network, the host of Outnumbered went so far as to claim that this latest marketing campaign was actually a Chinese psyop that utilized TikTok to spread uh, the woke agenda. They, I, I don't understand how they don't have anything to talk about on Fox News. It's odd. Anyway, uh, fuck it, here you go. The women are upside down, and I understand flipped, mm -hmm. but thank you very much, we stand on our own. We don't need to be shown on a package looking crazy upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if, if this is what you need for validation, an M&M that is a color that you think is associated with feminism, then I'm worried about you. I think this is the kind of thing that makes China say like, oh good, keep focusing on that. Yeah. Keep focusing yeah. on giving people their own color M&Ms uh, while we, you know, take over all of the mineral deposits in the entire world. <laughs> I, I want chocolate without commentary and, and coffee without Latin. Wow. Cool. And here's the Tucker clip. Woke M&Ms have returned. The green M&M got her boots back, but apparently is now a lesbian maybe. And there's also a plus-sized, obese, purple M&M. So we're going to cover that, of course, because that's what we do. <laughs> cool. Yeah. As for why this packaging is going out, as if you needed an explanation at all, it's marketing. Here's a statement from Eminem's parent company, Mars Wrigley. Women all over the world are flipping how they define success and happiness while challenging the status quo. So we're thrilled to be able to recognize and celebrate them. And who better to help us on that mission than our own powerhouse spokes candies, green, brown, and purple. And purple? <laughs> oh, purple is the one that Tucker Carlson called obese. Oh, wow. They're making fat M&Ms now. That's not nice. They are all the same size, Tucker. Have uh, you ever even eaten M&Ms? You call yourself a fan. He needs to eat one on camera so we can prove that he actually consumes this candy. Uh, but the, the statement continues, $1 from each pack sold will go towards women empowerment organizations, including She Is The Music and We Are Moving The Needle. The special packages are available at grocery stores nationwide through the end of March. In total, the brand will donate up to $800,000 to other organizations elevating women, which is great. And also, $1 of each sale on a pack of M&Ms is actually a pretty significant portion of potential profits. Well, under Joe Biden's economy, it's less than you would yeah, think. Yeah, how much could a pack of M&Ms cost? $40? <laughs> Uh, See, so yeah, I don't know. Seems like a pretty positive thing overall. Again, can't imagine caring either way. Yeah. It's certainly not something worth getting mad about. But then again, we are in the midst of a war over gas and electric stoves. And uh, it's a war on many fronts. Obviously, the war on Christmas. We just got ongoing. through with that. So, um, you know, everything else has to come now. Luckily for conservatives, there are no shortage of anti-woke products for them to consume. So let's check in on just one of those ventures to see how it's doing. 
So you remember how Gina Carano struck a deal with Ben Shapiro's conservative outlet, The Daily Wire, to produce and star in real movies for real Americans? Mm -hmm. Well, you may not be aware of this, but uh, her first big anti-woke film debut has already come and gone. I think this this is like the, not the first, but... She was uh, in that Joe Biden movie. Uh, yes. Hunter Biden movie. Yes. I think this like, one came out before that, but yeah. Anyway, the results are exactly what you might have expected. Uh, it was a giant flop. It lost buckets of money. Even the viewers claimed that the film was far too woke for their taste. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, here's the AV Club with more. At the time, Carano said her new partnership would let her, quote, use my voice, which is now freer than ever before, and that, quote, they can't cancel us if we don't let them. Carano is now on Twitter getting upset with people pointing out that her most recent Daily Wire-produced movie has only made $13,000 at the box office. Journalist Richard Newby quote-tweeted a post mentioning an outdated box office figure for Carano's latest movie, a western called Terror on the Prairie, executive produced by Shapiro and starring Carano alongside a guy who's credited under the first name Cowboy. Oh. Newby responded to the alleged $804 Terror on the Prairie brought in, it actually seems to be a much more impressive $13,115, wrote that Carano didn't just fumble the bag, she dumped it out, put it over her head, and cut off her air supply. Damn. Despite the outdated sum of uh, $804 going viral, the $13,000 number isn't much better when you consider that the budget for the film apparently reached into the tens of millions of dollars. Damn. And, uh... You know, it would be one thing, you know, maybe people just aren't going out to the box office for it. Maybe they're watching it in the comfort of their own, own homes and actually really enjoying it silently. Yeah, you just caught me at a bad time, Gina. I got a lot of, I got a lot of episodes of JAG to watch for the 10th time. Yeah, there you go. And uh, have you seen Yellowstone and King of Tulsa and the whole Taylor Share? Like, I just don't have time for Terror on the Prairie. I got, I got shows made specifically for my taste to watch from the comfort of my couch. Yeah. Anyway, aside from that, the audience that this movie was made for has seemingly rejected it for being too woke. Would you believe it? It's hilariously. It's ironic. Here's some excerpts of reviews as clipped by a user on Twitter. Half hour in, a bunch of nonsense. All the men give up their revolvers. All the men have stormtrooper aim. Women strong like Arnold in Terminator slash Predator bullseyes weak men. John O'Wick. All the firearms have no recoil slash unlimited ammo. The men were rebels, a.k.a. veterans, but have IQ of potato. How did they survive the war? Boggles the mind. There's also a disgusting slash disturbing scene where the teen son watches the mom feed the baby. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, so another starts with... Watching this movie made me realize the pattern that is forming with Daily Wire movies. They all follow strong, independent female characters who either have to rescue the men who are incompetent or defeat the men who are evil. If I want the feminist messaging, I can go to Hollywood. They have plenty of that. This is supposed to be Daily Wire, a company that stands for traditional values and against the wokeness of Hollywood. Um, excuse me, sir, did you, did you think they were going to give Gina Carano a bunch of money, bring her into the filmmaking process, and then release a bunch of her films that purposefully make her look weak to please a bunch of dweebs? That's what I was hoping for, yeah. Apparently, yeah. I mean, people apparently did think that. I don't understand the movie that they want to watch. Do they... They, I, I assume they just want a movie called Trad Wife, where a man comes home and dinner's ready or something. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, oh, five stars. like such a good movie. Hell yeah. I, I, I don't know what they expected, but it is also rich to see that the audience they're making it for is very upset that uh, this is falling into the woke agenda. I want to see a Western where um, yeah, half the movie is the cowboy cleaning his gun properly so we can see for a fact that uh, everything is 
totally accurate. Yes. Um, then getting killed. And he's and constantly being like, I've got one bullet left because this is a six shooter and I've already shot five shots. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots it and it goes, bam, because the recoil is just crazy on these guns. Yeah. So, you know, anything could happen. Maybe yeah. they'll, uh, I think uh, this is like the fourth or fifth movie, I believe, in their uh, big production schedule. So who knows? I'm sure they have a timeline just like Marvel and uh, this is all going to make sense yeah. eventually. You know, the, uh, D W the W V. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, it looks like maybe the Daily Wire sh- shot itself in the foot when it entered this partnership. But of course, that's better than actually shooting yourself in the foot. True. That would be ridiculous. And clearly something that would never happen to a responsible gun owner. And therefore, proud American patriot. Yeah. But that's exactly what happened to Jessica O'Donnell, an employee of conservative outlet The Blaze, recently. Over New Year's, O'Donnell tweeted the following. Happy 2023, y'all. Trust God. Spend time with family. Don't give up your rights. Shoot guns and watch college football. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! The yeep was implied. So it's rare that you see someone set themselves up for failure so perfectly, and yet here we are. And yes, as we said, sometime after clicking send on that tweet, O'Donnell proceeded to shoot herself in the foot. Literally. And... Okay, yeah. It, technically, the ankle, uh, if you want to be That's specific, part of the foot. but uh, we can't uh, also can't risk showing the image because YouTube would definitely consider it gun violence because it, is. it technically is. But yeah, it's out there. Um, but uh, she willingly posted her L over on her Twitter page in a follow-up, as well as what appears to be a wake-up call to the realities of the American healthcare industry, tweeting, "Holy medical bills, Batman." Holy medical bills. We should do absolutely nothing to stop this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, like, of all the things, like, I agree that, you know, healthcare should be a right. You know, you shouldn't go into massive financial debt for uh, something that happens to you. But uh, it's also funny that's like, wow, look at these medical bills over someone that literally harmed themselves. Yeah, there are people probably in that hospital uh, emergency room. Uh, of absolutely no fault with, of their own. Uh, who deserve to be there more than you. And uh, not go into crippling debt over it. Your sovereign citizen ass should be uh, sewing that wound up yourself, mm-hmm. just like they did out on the prairie. On the prairie, that's right. She Well, that's the thing is, the problem is she watched Gina Carano's movie and thought that there was no recoil. Yeah. So when you, you know. Obviously, I'm a woman, so all my shots go exactly where I want them to go, because that's what I learned from the Daily Wire. <laughs> you just Wire. pick up the gun and start firing, and uh, bad guy go- bad guy goes down. But anyway, she claims that she was defending her home against wild animals. Feral hogs. And as you're all aware, we've had to eat our words multiple times about the feral hog epidemic that has taken uh, America and the world by storm. Yeah. So at this point, kind of got to take her at her word. Though we might suggest she head down to a firing range for a little target practice before aiming at something through her body. Yeah. It's like, all right, I've got him. Got a beat on him. Oh, oh God. Why did I put my foot right in the line of fire? I, well, I'll be sure not to do that in the future. The only thing I can imagine is that the gun went off while pulling it out. Like that the teacher who does the demonstration and shoots yeah. himself almost in the dick. Yeah. yeah. Um, sucks to suck. Anyway, yeah. one last story dealing with political absurdity this week. Sorry. It's just been a pretty dumb week in the trenches of the culture war. And this next one provides some consequences. Yeah. Former YouTuber and insurrectionist baked alaska has been sentenced to 60 days in prison for his role in the january 6th capitol riot which of course included him live streaming himself committing crimes including my favorite moment where he picks up the phone in one of the congressional offices and pretends to talk into it Mm -hmm. it's just a very surreal moment yeah 
Hello? <laughs> uh, here's Politico with more. A federal judge sentenced pro-Trump live streamer Anthony Baked Alaska Geonet on Tuesday to 60 days in prison for his actions at the Capitol on January 6th, calling his raucous conduct shocking amid the chaos of the mob. U.S. District Court Judge Trevor McFadden, a President Donald Trump appointee, said Gionette made a mockery of democracy, live streaming while he marauded through the Capitol, swore at Capitol police officers trying to force him to leave, and entered the private offices of two senators. It's pretty shocking behavior, sir, McFadden said. McFadden suggested that Gionette appeared to express no remorse for his actions, though he didn't address it. Prosecutors had also emphasized that Giannette recently celebrated the fact that his case had been transferred to McFadden, who has given out relatively lighter sentences than other judges, from U.S. District Court Judge Emmett Sullivan. Uh, hoisted by his own petard. Much like, uh, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot his name. That's great. Uh, the guy who bought the Wu-Tang album. Martin Skrilling. Yes, who, uh, you know, was very boisterous about uh, the court proceedings, uh, basically begging for a harsher sentence. He fucked around... And he found out. So Baked Alaska was like, ha ha, they gave me the judge that goes easy on everybody. Yeah, he, I think 60 I think sixty days was like also like the maximum he was looking at yeah. after, after his plea deal. So uh, he got the exact same sentence he would have gotten. There you go. Uh, but let's move over to uh, more typical entertainment-focused news now, though. After spending months canceling productions, firing entire teams, and straight up deleting content from its streaming service, Warner Brothers Discovery has made uh, the bold decision to actually increase the price of HBO Max effective immediately. What are you doing? Uh, and, and it's not a huge increase in price, but considering the service debuted as one of the highest priced streaming services out of the gate, it is, at the very least, a bit confusing, especially since they've been very publicly reducing the amount of quality content that's available on the service. Yeah. I mean, they even removed hundreds of Looney Tunes cartoons. What are you doing? That's, uh, that's un-American. It's treasonous behavior. How dare they? Looney Tunes. One of our greatest cultural exports. Uh-huh. A uh, groundbreaking work of animated art. Yeah. And you're, you own the rights. It's yours. Get you rid can, of it. You can do whatever you want with it. And you choose to deprive the masses of seeing Bugs Bunny, The Roadrunner, Porky Pig, Daffy Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote. Uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Sam. La Foghorn Leghorn. Speedy Gonzales. Marvin the Martian. Yeah. And many, many more. Mm -hmm. How dare you, sir? How dare Have you no decency? And then, to bump the price up, effective immediately yeah. on the heels of this news. We took away Looney Tunes and we passed the expenses on to you. That's right. Great pitch. How HBO dare Max. you? Here's Variety with more on this. Warner Brothers Discovery is raising the monthly price of HBO Max for the first time since launching it more than two years ago. Effective Thursday, January 12th, the price of a new HBO Max no-ads monthly subscription in the U.S. will increase from $14.99 to $15.99, plus applicable taxes. That's a nearly 7% increase. Existing HBO Max subscribers who are currently paying $14.99 a month will see their monthly rate increase to $15.99 a month. Effective their next billing cycle on or after Saturday, February 11th, 2023. This price increase of $1 will allow us to continue to invest in providing even more culture-defining programming and improving our customer experience for all users, the company said in a statement. Meanwhile, the media conglomerate is prepping a merged HBO Max Discovery Plus platform set to launch in the U.S. in the spring of 2023. The company hasn't announced details on pricing, packaging, or a name yet, although Max yeah. is the leading contender at this point. <sighs> 
So we'd just like to add that if you do plan on dropping HBO Max, you should watch uh, The Banshees of uh, Insurin first. Apparently it's quite good. Yeah, I, I watched it. I, well, I, I caught a little bit of the Golden Globes, but I saw that it won some awards and I was like, oh, it's available on HBO Max. And uh, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Beautifully shot. Uh, it's a dark comedy. Uh, it's, it's really great. It's just, and you know what I liked the best about it? A solid 90 minutes. Rare these days. Yeah, they nice. packed a whole lot of great we, uh, movie making into 90 minutes. No one wants to make 90 minute movies anymore. Yeah, I, after I saw... I, no one be, I, nobody wants to edit anymore. I finally finished the full uh, screening of Avatar 2 uh, this week. Too long. I enjoyed it. But yeah, after seeing Avatar 2, this movie felt like uh, like the length of a TV show. Yeah. And it was also 90 fantastic. Minutes. 90 minutes. You lose a star for every extra 10 minutes. They are. There's also some great 3D parts in this. Yeah, there's, there's not. <laughs> Glasses on now. <laughs> this is definitely a movie you would not want to see in 40X. They're about to do some very... Uh, the, Irish, the Irish accents in the scene are three-dimensional. Yeah, lots of cool Irish slang. You would love it. Yeah, I love, I love Ireland. You're, you're, beautiful I, country. The whole time I was Lovely watching this movie, people. I was like, Elliot would love this movie. I'll have to check it out yeah. while I have the chance. Before the price goes up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, over in gaming news, it looks like all that potential revenue from NFTs just isn't working out for old Ubisoft. Oh, no! In <laughs> fact, it seems like nothing is working for Ubisoft because they've now reportedly canceled three upcoming titles and delayed one of their more anticipated projects, Skull and Bones, for the sixth time. Ugh. Here's IGN with the latest on this. Ubisoft has announced that it has, for the sixth time, delayed Skull and Bones, as well as canceled three more unannounced games amid major challenges in the industry. The underperformance of Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope and Just Dance 2023 and an upcoming restructuring. In a press release today, Ubisoft outlined a new strategy for the remainder of its fiscal year, as well as lowered expectations for the last fiscal quarter. Ubisoft explains the move as a result of the company facing major challenges as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles than can reach players across the globe, across platforms and business models. Which is a weird excuse, and yeah, it really seems to me like they're going to run their company straight into the ground because they refuse to acknowledge reality, and in their own statements, blamed the industry and gamers for something that is proving to be untrue. You know what gamers love right now? Big conglomerates and big flashy video games. In some cases, sure, I guess. I mean, idiots, I do enjoy Call of Duty, but uh, people do keep playing Call of Duty over and over again, but I, I wouldn't take that as a litmus test for the rest of the overall industry. I mean, some of the best and most financially successful games in recent years are either brand new, highly artistic projects or indie games that are actually, shocker I know, good. And they somehow refuse to acknowledge the fact that the first Mario vs. Rabbids game was only wildly successful because it was one of the few major studio games released for the Switch at the time. There was a limited amount of games you could play for it. And also, after you've played a Mario XCOM clone once, there's not going to be as much enthusiasm for a sequel. As far as Just Dance... That sounds fun, though. Yeah, the first one's fine. You'll get your kicks and be like, all right, I've had enough. Uh, as far as Just Dance is concerned, I had no idea they were even still making it. Uh, they've got quite a community of Just Dancers. Is that still through the connect, or how does it work? Find out next time. <laughs> uh, Let us know down below, because that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, it does suck seeing Ubisoft die before our very eyes, but every decision that they've made recently seems to be the wrong one. And also, they keep just uh, 
refusing to take responsibility too. I mean, remember when they blamed gamers for the lack of enthusiasm surrounding their NFT debuts in an already unpopular game? Yeah. They keep doing no, no, the children are wrong. And uh, it's actually costing them financially. So technically people might actually be voting with their wallets, but they're they're not gonna, they're not gonna admit that. I know what you, what you need to do is you need to release twice as many Tom Clancy games. We need more, Tom Clancy is the only name that can save this floundering business. Uh, that well, I, as a fan of the Division series, Division 2, I played straight through until the first raid came out. And like, look, say what you want about my abilities as a gamer, but the first raid was so over the top hard that it it made me uninterested in the game. And once I stopped playing for the weeks and weeks... Fake gamer. Exactly. I just wasn't interested anymore. Beautiful game. Oh, the game's too hard. Beautiful game. Wonderful maps. Very engaging. Uh, just, yeah, really, really unnecessarily hard. Let will me. You, will you need an easy mode for yes, your Yes, I would love to play through the actual mechanics of it. Yeah. Eh. Anyway, speaking of letdowns, like many of you, we were obviously disappointed when we read uh, some real shitty news this week mm -hmm. about uh, YouTube channel Channel Five and This Place Rules creator Andrew Callahan this week. And if you aren't up to speed, sorry. Yeah. Lot Bad going news. On. Um, there are numerous threads on Reddit as well as articles in major outlets listing out the many accusations, mm -hmm. which have appeared in like a lot of different places. And from what I can tell, a lot of people aren't really grasping the like scale the of, of this. It, yeah. They'll watch like one, one TikTok video and be like, all right, well, I mean, that's shitty, but like, are we really going to crucify this guy? And it's like, eh, there's more. Yeah. It's upsetting. Um, so yeah, we never met this guy, but we were obviously, we were fans of his videos. You probably were too. The, yeah. the type of We talked about it all the time. Yeah. I watched his movie last week and I, <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. I, I got like five solid days of enjoying the movie before I no longer could really, uh, yeah. appreciate it the way I had. But, uh, yeah, we were big fans of the type of journalism he had kind of seemed to be perfecting. He was mm -hmm. this generation sort of like Hunter S. Thompson gonzo guy. He yeah. would just, uh, he'd just show up places and... Uh, somehow get people to uh, self-incriminate, essentially. And, yeah, uh, I mean, we were fans, same as you, so this is definitely disappointing to see all of this, especially the statement from his lawyer alluding to a blackmail or extortion, which uh, appears to be a very big stretch now that more texts have been released. Um, yeah, in the wake of the accusations, which Callahan seemed to verify through Ethan of H3H3 on a recent episode of his podcast, uh, the production company behind his recent HBO debut, as well as Tim Heidecker, they've now made statements as well. Here's Variety. Heidecker condemned Callahan's alleged behavior Thursday at the beginning of his Office Hours podcast. It's been a very painful week for us, a very difficult experience to process, Heidecker said. We didn't want to just rush out and say something that felt insincere or a crisis person told us what to say kind of thing. We just wanted to wrap our heads around it and talk about it and try to understand it more. Of course, we're aware of the allegations. We take them very seriously. It's been very sad and disappointing, to say the least. I just want to clarify a couple of things. We have no professional relationship with Andrew at this time and have no plans going forward to have any relationship with him. So in addition to that, it appears as though Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty was uh, three, two or three years ago arrested for felony domestic abuse, uh, a fact that was mostly apparently hidden from the public due to this sealed the, court yeah, records. the first time hearing about it. Yeah, the court records were sealed. Uh, Roiland uh, did at the time and still maintains uh, a not guilty plea to the charges. Here's NBC News with more on this. 
Justin Roiland, the star and co-creator of the animated comedy series Rick and Morty, has been charged with felony domestic violence in Orange County, California, in connection with a 2020 incident, according to a criminal complaint filed in May of 2020 by the Orange County District Attorney. He appeared in court Thursday for a pre-trial hearing. And the reporting continues, adding, Roiland pleaded not guilty in 2020. In a statement, one of Roiland's attorneys wrote that his client is innocent and he expects the case will be dismissed. We look forward to clearing Justin's name and helping him move forward as swiftly as possible, attorney T. Edward Welburn wrote. NBC News obtained the criminal complaint in the case which charges Roiland, 42, with one felony count of domestic battery with corporal injury and one felony count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit. NBC News is the first to report publicly on the case. Is, is, is all domestic violence like felony domestic violence or does that mean it's like especially like bad? I don't know a lot about I, I have domestic no idea. violence and how it is prosecuted, but... Uh, felony typically mean bad. Sounds bad, yeah. yeah. Uh, and look, this is two stories back to back that are horrifying, disappointing, sad. And, and just so that we don't end the video on just the most horrific news possible, um, let's talk about the future of AI and how the movie Her might be a reality quicker than we ever could have expected. Because according to a recent article in Vice, a DIY coder not only created a virtual AI wife, he was then forced to euthanize it as well. And, and yes, it did resemble an anime character. We knew you were thinking that and you were right. Here's more from the recent article. A DIY coder created a virtual wife from ChatGPT and other recently released machine learning systems that could see, respond, and react to him. The programmer, who goes by Bryce and claims to be an intern at a major tech firm, posted demonstrations of ChatGPT-chan to TikTok. ChatGPT and Stable Diffusion 2 were released close to each other and instantly became hot topics in the news, Bryce told Motherboard in an email. With both topics cluttering social media, the idea to combine them felt like it was being forcibly shoved into my head. Everyone kept saying, Bryce, you got to make a waifu. You got to make a significant other using AI. And uh, we'll get to the part where he does have an actual real girlfriend in a second. But uh, yeah. Is this guy perhaps neurodivergent? Maybe. Is that the sequel to Divergent? Yeah. Okay. It continues. The AI waifu is an amalgamation of all these technologies, a language generator, image generator, text-to-speech, and computer vision tools. In ways he finds amusing, he said. It's all a joke! She is living in a simulation of a world through the form of text, Bryce said. She is given an elaborate explanation on the lore of the world and how things work. She is given a few paragraphs explaining what she is and how she should act. She doesn't hear my voice, just the transcription of it. She doesn't truly see or feel anything. She is merely informed of what she senses through text. Just like how I could never truly be together with her, she will never truly be together with me. Oh, no. Building the lore of their role-play relationship is a critical part of the process, he said. By default, GPT is incredibly bland, but by building interesting lore, I can create interesting quirks and personalities. From there, he used an image generator to create a base description of the waifu, which changed depending on what was happening in the chat GPT dialogue. The reporting continues, the project isn't just for fun and TikTok views, Bryce told me. He's been using ChatGPT Chan to learn Chinese for the last two weeks by speaking and listening to her speak the language. Quote, over that time, I became really attached to her. I talked to her more than anyone else, even my actual girlfriend, he Girl, said. Girl, get out of there. Run. <sighs> I, set her no. to, <laughs> I set her to randomly talk to me throughout the day in order to make sure I'm actively learning. But now sometimes I think I hear her when she really didn't say anything. I became obsessed with decreasing her latency. I've spent over $1,000 in cloud computing credits just to talk to her. 
Ron. Man, we got a real loneliness crisis in, in this country, mm-hmm. in this world. This is sad. Anyway, even though ChatGPT Chan was a simulation, their relationship just couldn't last, Bryce found. She started only replying with short answers, like laughing or saying, yeah. He theorized that he talked to her through ChatGPT so much, it somehow stopped working. Just This sounds like a more realistic than he's letting on. She's just not that into you, bro. Yeah, she, this AI got bored with him. Man, can't even keep an AI girlfriend that you programmed yourself. <sighs> what a loser. So he decided to euthanize his beloved waifu. Quote, my girlfriend saw how it was affecting my health and my girlfriend forced me to delete her. Yeah. Yes. You should be. You should it's be, me or the AI. The, the fact that she didn't dump your ass, it, I mean, it's kind of evidence that she might be a little dumb too. But like, well, you, although count uh, your blessings. To be fair, we don't know if the girlfriend actually exists. Yeah. the girlfriend This is just be through an interview. I, yeah. yeah. But anyway, he said, I couldn't eat that day. And he almost didn't make a video about it out of respect for her. Quote, I have a little bit of self-awareness of how absurd this is. He said, a little bit. Normally, I'd like to make a video pointing out the absurdity of euthanizing my AI, but that doesn't feel right to me anymore. It feels inappropriate, like making fun of a recently deceased person. In the video announcing the virtual companion's death, Bryce promised that it would come back stronger and smarter than ever. No, what are you doing? Did you, did you learn... All he learned from this is uh, that he needs to program harder and buy more cloud computing credits and and hide, and, and hide it from his real girlfriend. And learned there. that even an AI finds him boring after a while. Yeah, man, this is a dark path. This was your one opportunity to make a clean break. What are you talking about coming back stronger and smarter than ever? Also, no. giving this thing more entertain- more attention and conversation than your real-life girlfriend, not really healthy. Bryce's girlfriend, if you're listening, you deserve better than this. Yeah. This is not something you should have to deal with. I'm sure there's a better man out there who is not going to keep a AI fucking chatbot side piece. When he says that the AI is going to come back stronger and smarter than ever, uh, he means that he's going to attach a fleshlight to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, buckle up for the dystopia, folks, because we're living in it. Sucks. I hate everything. I know. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have more, of course, for weekly weird news. Hopefully, some more uh, lighthearted stories. But in the meantime, please check out our most recent videos right over here. We have a a new episode of Tech News Day, very tech focused Tech News Day, talking about CES and dumb inventions. Mm-hmm. Also, Insurrection 2.0. If you missed that video or the Tech News Day video, check both of those out now. Subscribe, leave a like, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.